Hello, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Allow Me to Translate with Jason Souls. We appreciate you joining us and can't thank you enough for the positive support and feedback. We also thank Anchor FM for hosting our podcast files and distributing to the many streaming platforms our listeners access, including the one you're using right now. Without further ado, please welcome our host, Jason Souls, for this episode of Allow Me to Translate. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of Allow Me to Translate. This is your host, Jason Souls, and as promised, I'm back with another guest today. Today, and it's, it's funny because we're actually meeting for the first time as well. This is somebody who wrote on a, a local Facebook group that they were in the area or new to the area and doing something called trans health and wellness coaching. And so I was like, heck yes, you're going to come on my show. And she was totally uh, excited to do that. So Jamie Hazelton, would you please give our listeners a little bit of background on who you are and what your story is? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, my name is Jamie Hazelton. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm originally from northern Minnesota, Bemidji, Minnesota. Grew up in a little tiny town. Um, and where I grew up, I was a stereotypical male. And I really tried to live within the gender roles that were assigned to me as much as possible. Um, and then I had a lot of internal battles. I always knew that I was trans. And starting about 10 years ago, I came out and started to pursue my own transition. Um, This was something that I decided to move for. So I moved out to Colorado to find my authentic self. And it it was a journey, it was a challenge. And um, I moved from a place of actually hating my trans identity because I always felt less than because I was trans. And I worked through it and I have worked with professionals and moved to a place where I am truly proud to be trans and who I am today. And that inspires a lot of my work as a health and well-being coach. And I work with many different LGBTQ trans and gender variant individuals and helping them live out their truest self by going into the deep stuff and the things that aren't fun to talk about and then going into and moving forward and making a plan to really live out a life that my members really love to live. So that's, that's, that's a little awesome. bit about me. I'm so yeah. glad to not only meet you and find out about this stuff, but to find out that those kinds of positions exist or they're starting to exist in communities, even as, I don't want to necessarily say small as ours, but like, it's not massive. You know what I mean? Like it used to be thought that you had to relocate for these things. So I'm so glad to see even my community that I grew up in and everything, having people here available to do that stuff. So um that's just exciting double, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in a small town, obviously, Bemidji. And, you know, there's many different aspects of my identity and being and living in a small rural community or smaller rural community is something that is really important to me. So, and there are trans people everywhere, not just in urban communities. So making sure that there's resources for trans people no matter where you live and COVID Mm -hmm. and doing things virtually it made that a lot easier too. Actually true right like Mm -hmm. I found even uh, I kind of started doing like not necessarily a support group but like a virtual hangout with some trans guys and things that I've met and that's been like really good to do and I don't think any of us would have ever made sure we did it or anything like that if we weren't cooped up for so long and needing it and all 
we all have technology. We all know how to use it. So it's definitely easier, made things easier in some ways, which is good because it offsets all the crap we've had to go through too. So yeah, absolutely. That support and having that sense of community and support through these times is definitely vital. And having that human interaction is Mm -hmm. so important to well-being. Yeah. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about what um, the health and wellness coaching entails and um, maybe after a little bit of more of the details of how that looks or whatever, um, then I, I was curious about how many people are taking advantage of this so far. Yeah, absolutely. So health and well-being coaching is in its very early stages. So my um, director of my program, I got my master's degree at the University of Minnesota in integrative health and well-being program coaching. Um, and she started essentially integrative health coaching back in the early 2000s and it's been slowly building and i now we have a national board of health and wellness coaches uh, that's approved by american medical association and we are in our third year board exams so as the third cohort to pass the board exams and we are going to get um, hopefully soon insurance coverage very very soon oh cool yeah but that being said um coaching is essentially starting where a person's at and where they are and helping them overcome the challenges and issues that are presented within their life and making like, I love the movie. What about Bob helping make baby steps, little goals to move forward and overcome these challenges. And what we do is a lot of interpersonal work and really develop this internal motivation and empowerment to really help people live authentically within themselves. Because when we talk about health, it's not just about physical health. It's, it's so much more than that. And it's having this holistic view and looking at mental health, well-being, your relationships, all these different aspects and everything that makes you, you. And sometimes life is hard. So it's nice to have a, that support person and you might not qualify as Um, with a diagnosable mental health condition. So we're there to help give you support along whatever life challenges are presented. And so the differences between, um, for example, like coaching and therapy, could you talk a little bit about that too? Because, or even like right before we started recording, we started talking about the differences even between life coaching and that and stuff and just kind Mm of, you know, I guess it's neat to see these new things coming out, but people probably wonder what's the difference between them Versus like, you know, therapy, it's looking at things, you know, cognitive behavioral stuff, whatever. And then you have something where you're making solutions, you know, you can look at it all and analyze it and then come up with solutions and stuff. So what would you say is some of the differences there? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest difference between us and therapy is that we don't diagnose. So okay. we are not going to be giving uh, depression diagnosis. We're not going to be giving gender dysphoria diagnosis. We're not going to be giving these different diagnoses that we see in the DSM-5. Um, but rather, we are client-focused and client-led. So whatever the client or individual, their goals are, I, if you can imagine, it's I like it's we're climbing a mountain, right? And I am right behind you. You get to choose the path and we're going to try to get to that mountain. I might know a different path or I might help you figure out what tools and strengths that you have to get to the top of that mountain, but essentially the individual is leading. So that's a, that's a huge thing is um, 
being with the client and letting them lead into where they want to go in their desired path. We do use a lot of different uh, therapy techniques, so to say. We use um, actually positive psychology techniques. We do different like motivational interviewing. We do some cognitive behavioral stuff. Um, so we use a lot of similar aspects of the therapy. Sure. But the biggest thing is we don't diagnose. Okay. Well, that's a, a good distinction too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It's interesting talking about climbing a mountain too, because that's, um, it's also talking about kind of an end goal, you know, I don't know if that's mm -hmm. a little different, some therapy, I mean, that could be like that too, certainly, but like, mm -hmm. for me, I'm kind of thinking of that a little bit differently. And when I first saw your post and things and was like, wait, what now? I was like, well, maybe that's what I need to get going in my life, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. like, so different talking to somebody who is also in your community then I mean I love my therapist and she does a great job and stuff and supports me and all of this but there's something about living it you know mm -hmm. what I mean even though we all have our own experience there's enough of that shared um, safety even mm -hmm. that I think this would be a really good venue for some of the most anxious people yeah yeah absolutely and I wanted to touch on that thing that that there's that unspoken bond that we have. And I was, I was on a diversity panel um, for through the university of Minnesota and one individual she was talking about and um, she's black and all of her clients are black. And she goes, there's just something about that unspoken bond that you have with someone that you can relate with. And I can totally agree with that with mm -hmm. my, my trans clients. It's just like, we have that unspoken bond. We know what it's like. And since we have that and that's out there and we know it's there, we can really then start to dive deep into what's coming up for you and how to get you to where you want to be. Yeah, like I even just now, and I know it's like 20 below or whatever, but I just got like goosebumps thinking about it because it's like, it's reminding me that's such a positive thing that at least we all have each other too, you know, because there is something about being able to know what it's like. <clears throat> and I'm sure it's a lot of times compared to even race and all this other stuff too, you know, so I think that's very relevant. I kind of mm -hmm. skipped um, asking what, with the, how many people are taking advantage so far? And I mean, mm -hmm. maybe in context, Eau Claire's about what, 65,000 people, and then there's some, round, some surrounding communities and stuff. <clears throat> I think as far as I know, there's maybe about 50 trans people or something like that but that's just what I know you know yeah so for me I I work online um and so I my thing is building a community and I've just started being fully mm -hmm. transparent I just started my practice uh pretty much the beginning of this year 2021 right um but in Eau Claire I'm working with the Chippewa Valley LGBTQ plus community center um, and I'm running a group coaching through them and that is completely full and we actually are a little bit above capacity, which is oh. awesome. Um, and I have a couple other individual clients through the Eau Claire area, but I also work with people from all over. Um, I have individuals in California. I have individuals even in Germany, which is I don't know how, but That's, I know I had some people <laughs> listening to my podcast from Germany because it kind of shows you and stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'll take it. But yeah, so I am, I'm working. And the biggest thing is I, I'm huge on rural communities and the, I, I love the, the energy that is put out here in Eau Claire. So that's kind of my main focus right now is yeah. what can I do to enhance this community? Because at the end of the day, we're the ones that are, we experience the same 
um, challenges here mm -hmm. within the Chippewa Valley area. So. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's just, I don't know. Do you see like youth and stuff too? I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many different people in our area and things that I get asked, you know, where should I go for help or where should I do this and whatever. And, I'll, you know, in these small towns, kind of like be who you needed when you were younger is one of my favorite quotes. That's mm -hmm. why I don't want to go to some urban city or I don't feel a need to, to do, you know, to, to move or do anything. I just want to be able to provide what I didn't have in mm -hmm. when I was growing up and stuff. But it's also tough because kids don't know themselves on a level that adults do. They can't, you can't handle certain sensitive topics with them. Do you see youth too? I, I do see youth. Um, and it's, it's a hard thing because I, I, am under a certain ethical guidelines and I have to operate. So I have to get parental permission Oh yeah, or parent guardian. And that can be a, a tricky situation to navigate. Um, that being said, we were talking about community and I could so resonate with your words. Like I wanted to be that person mm -hmm. who for myself when I was younger, like I can so resonate with that. And I think one thing that would have really helped me is it's not just support for me, but support for my family, support for my friends and communities. So that is one thing I'm very interested in continuing is expanding the circle, not just the, the trans youth or trans individual, but the circle that surrounds them, their loved ones, their partners, their, their family members, their friends. And because at the end of the day, when a trans individual's experiences challenges, so do the people around them. Oh God. Yeah. My sisters, and, I'm a triplet. They would so chime yeah. in right now. They yeah. would be like, yeah, they would say early on or now that early on, they wish they had known some other people they could have commiserated with because mm -hmm. again, that shared experience of like, yeah, it's fine and dandy till it's your family member. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and stuff. So anyways, let me interrupt you. No, absolutely. And it's so true. And that's why 2021, I, my word for this year is community. And so building that community and fostering that community for everyone to, to work through these challenges together so we can move forward. Because at the end of the day, we're humans and we depend on each other. And by working with each other, we can make really amazing things happen for everyone. And so that's, that's my big goal is providing that safe space and community for everyone to flourish into the person that they desire to be. Not to put you on the spot, but would there be an example um, of some things that somebody, like examples of problems that you've helped people with, or, you know, just mm -hmm. to like, oh, this is talking to me, I should go see her or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, what kind of, what's are some examples of things that people are coming to you to work through besides like dysphoria, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's many different things. And I, I do want to mention, right. So I, I have my scope of practice and I feel like if things reach outside of my scope of practice, I happily work with a therapist and refer. Mm -hmm. So people can get the proper care they need. That being said, I work with a wide of range of issues that I feel like are really unique, especially to the trans community, but not aren't always necessarily addressed because unless you really go through these challenges, you don't know what comes up. So you can't even articulate things, it, right? Like you can't, yeah. even, you can't even realize it's a problem until somebody else says it, or you have a epiphany one night, you know, like that's pretty much how I yeah. think it is. So I think of it a lot of with like the things that I went through. So one is having, cause like the medical and legal aspects, if you pursue those aspects within your transition are an absolute nightmare. 
-hmm. So I would be, for example, someone who would be there to help support you and help get you the motivation and support and the resources to get those medical legal things. Then I like to think of there's the relational aspects, the how to communicate with friends, how to communicate with family, how to come out. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I work a lot with individuals coming out. Um, I have a client, you know, is 50 years old, is married um, and hasn't come out to anyone. So we've, we've been working together. It's a process. So working together on how to come out. Um, And then I work with also personal challenges as well. That was my biggest hurdle to overcome within my transition. Because as I mentioned, I really disliked myself. I had a lot of internalized transphobia because of, I believe, media representation. Because my entire life growing up in the 90s, I saw trans individuals being the butt end of the joke, being laughed at, being seen Mm -hmm. as less than. And why would anyone want to be a trans in individual? Exactly. I've said that so many times. Exactly. That on, like, I don't want to be the butt of jokes. Why would I do that? And when you said, you know, I just was hating myself and all this stuff, I wrote inner transphobia so that I could come back to it because it's like, that was exactly what's, what it screams. And I felt the exact same way. In fact, I, I don't know if I've met any trans folks or, or anybody in the gender spectrum that didn't go through that not that everybody Mm -hmm. has clearly uh but that segment of time where you have to wake up where you've been uh brainwashed or whatever you want to say and green to think all these negative Mm -hmm. thoughts it's really hard to train yourself that you don't have to think any of that's negative you know yeah exactly and so you you said think these thoughts and so that's a lot of the work that we do is this idea of like I do, I should say, is inner critic work. One of my clients, or I try not to say clients, I try to say members, but one of my members (laughs) that I had this last year, um, you know, her biggest obstacle was her inner voice, her inner critic. And we named this voice Darth Vader because Darth (laughs) Vader was not in the best interest. So really looking at like, what are the needs? What, why do we have this inner voice? What can we do to overcome, silence this voice? Does this voice service in any ways? And really just getting deep within these, these personal aspects that lead us to being so hard on ourselves, disliking ourselves, and then being able to then look at the things that we do like about ourselves and propel ourselves and use those strengths and values to really come into a place and gain that self-awareness to really just be like, you know, I am happy with myself. You know, I, that's one thing I'm so proud of is working with individuals and then seeing them come out. It takes a couple months or mm-hmm. everyone oh, has everyone. their own process. Right. So, right. um, and then seeing people come out and be like, Oh my gosh, like, it's just like this freedom. And I always say like, there's this like trans twinkle, like this twinkle in an (laughs) eye where it's just like, yes, I love that. I love that twinkle. And that is just what fills my soul up. Well, shame is so heavy. You know, it's like you release all this extra baggage and weight that you had for so many years because you actually realized that, yeah, maybe other people were dumping it on you, but you thought it belonged there. So you didn't Mm -hmm. ever let go of all of that. And when you talk to people about, trans folks being their happier, more authentic self. That is what I always come back to is like, well, I don't hate myself anymore. So yeah, yeah, I'm a somebody who likes themselves. So they do act and and behave and do things the the way they want to. 
now you're seeing who's me. This is authentic. You know what I mean? But when you hate yourself and you shield it with an outside disguise, not that we have a half a whole session right now, but like, I totally think this is a major thing for people to address. And a lot of trans folks don't want to, uh, cause they're mm-hmm. so far in it. Mm-hmm. They don't even see that they can come out of that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I work with that and, you know, we have, different models and different stages within my training, right? That identifies, all right, what stage is this person in so far? But I'm sure. not going to get into my my tactics here. But a lot of it is, yes, creating that that awareness, that self-awareness. Like, am I really doing okay? Because how many times do people actually sit down and ask themselves the hard question? Am I doing okay? And then back on the point of what society is, I like to think of it as like this metaphor of having like a a yarn ball and having two strings in the yarn ball and having it really intermixed and tangled and then untangling it and figuring out what society and what is actually you. Because sometimes when it's in that tangle, it's hard to determine what is society and what is authentically you. I mean, you got this to the max, you know, with trans folks. And then I'm going um, as a triplet, I've had a lot of that kind of like, what's my identity and what's my, you know, actually what I thought it was supposed to be. And I think that's part of why I came out late because sometimes it's just hard to to believe that all of these people wouldn't know the truth about what they're saying to you about you whatever and you're like wait a minute but why would you trust their opinion their reviews whatever their Mm -hmm. characterizations over your own and uh that self-worth is like addicting once you get it you know like that that's that's really cool i've also had some former students and things come out to me when I was teaching or in recent years and that even if they were coming out as gay or lesbian or something too, just that, that release, that relief you could see in them, that twinkle. I like you, your use of that twinkle because it's such a positive word too. You know, it is yeah. it's like you're glowing when you're pregnant. Yeah. It's like that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I can, yeah. And I just, I think about it and, you know, I had the, I just got off of a session and jumped on this podcast, but our takeaway from last session was instead of being told what your identity is, it's telling what your identity is. And I think that's so true and owning that and who you are and being able to provide the space for that in the safe community to be able to explore what that is, is, is just so important. Well, and not only will that greatly enhance the quality of your life. But mm-hmm. the more of us do that, um, the more uh, that society is going to evolve because they see confident trans people. They see, they see mm-hmm. I don't want to say good examples of, but they see healthy, positive people. Kids of today see healthy, positive trans adults. They're not going to not want to be one of those people like we didn't, you know, mm-hmm. it's totally mm-hmm. different. And so it's not to put everything on like this generation's shoulders, but like it is important in my opinion that we take care of ourselves and show how happy, um, successful, normal, whatever we are to as many people as we can. For me, I I'll blab all day on the podcast. Some people are super shy, but it's showing their parents or whoever they're around that they're a much happier person. Like you have to be able to not necessarily show that, live that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Representation matters. And I, I, this goes into another hole, but I want to mention it. You know, when I first started coming out and transitioning, it was about 10 years ago. And they, I was in the support group and in the support group, they said, as soon as you're about a year or two out from, or year or two into transition, it's like, 
you disappear off the planet and trans that trans individual never comes into the community and they're just gone. I'm like, where and, are they? I hear about these guys. People tell me there's yeah. some and I've never seen them and I got pissed. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I need Exactly. You. Exactly. So that has always stuck with me. And I actually left, I went stealth. So stealth meaning I lived a long time portraying myself as a cisgender female and I was not happy with myself in this idea of having positive representation and being authentic because even though I was living stealth and trying to live as a cis woman I still had major trans problems and so I needed trans community as much as I want trans community to me need, need me I need it a lot more and so being able to still be a strong advocate and a representation of representation, as you mentioned, these positive influences on our community and staying involved and active in the community. I think it's just, it's so important because it shows people, yes, you can go and quote unquote, live this normal, happy life. Because at the end of the day, we get one life and we want to be happy doing it. true. So if people are listening to this, whether they're local or not, it sounds like they can reach out and, and find out more about your services. Clearly, I will share when I post this episode and things, direct links and stuff, but how would people uh, go about finding your information and stuff otherwise or finding you? Is there any other website or social media or anything or email? Yeah, so I have, um, the best place to start is my website. Um, It's www.wholeyouhealth.com. Um, it's named after because I focus on the whole you, not just your trans identity, but everything else about you mm-hmm. that makes you who you are. Um, and going there because there you get to look at what I offer, what I'm about, who I am. But then you get the access to go to my social medias, my YouTube account, um, YouTube channel, all those different things. And mm-hmm. you can learn more about me there and connect with me there. Awesome. And I mean, actually kind of a thought as you're saying all that, how... Um, if people want to explore this as a career or something too, how do you use, I mean, it's a newer program and things like that and whatever, how would you recommend exploring doing something similar? Yeah. So again, with my panel that I was on this diversity panel, we were talking about needing more diverse representation within the health and wellness coaching world. Um, And it's an awesome new, exciting, it's one of the fastest growing careers in the country. So there's many ways to do this. Um, one, I recommend reaching out to me and I can steer you. But if you go to the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches, you can look at approved programs there. Um, I did my master's degree um, in integrative health and well-being coaching, but there are also programs where it's a lot less time intensive and you can finish it within a year. So there's oh, wow. many different options and many different prices, opportunities. And I think we need trans representation for sure, because I know, I think I'm one of the few trans health and wellness coaches in the country. And we need a lot more because we just, we need support in our community. There's a huge care gap within our community for trans individuals and we need people to fill those care gaps. So. Yeah. It's like, we can't long for something that we're not willing to some of us at least (laughs) do ourselves. You know what I mean? Like I hope that some people listening to this, in wherever areas of the country or world they are, it might think my, my community needs something like this, you know, and if you're mm-hmm. interested, capable, comfortable, 
I encourage people to explore that. Just I, again, nobody's obligated to do anything and anybody can be stealth if they want to. It's just that I believe that we're going to have the most progress um, at the best rate if we do have more people as open as, as can, they can be. So I agree. I agree 100%. And I think when you be when you're as open as you can be, my surgeon said this. Sorry, I know we're trying to wrap up, but my surgeon no, said good. this. Like, she has never met one happy stealth person. So by being open and honest and owning who you are, it's just so important and it helps our community and it helps so many different aspects. And I have a free, if you want to talk more about anything, mm-hmm. contact me. I talk for, for free, you know, yeah. for 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. So just let me know. I would okay. love to talk. That's awesome. I mean, I, I did an entire episode on why I personally am so open about my transness, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it's just like, I list reason after reason after reason, but I still have to always have that disclaimer of like, you don't have to, <laughs> but it's always no, nice yeah. to meet somebody else who agrees, but it'd be helpful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I agree. Live yourself, live what best serves you, but yeah, it would be helpful. If, if you can, you know, um, <laughs> if you can, it's helpful. Yeah. Anything else that you'd like the listeners to hear or anything like that today? I, the biggest thing is I just want the biggest thing is reflection. And just sitting there and asking yourself, what do you need in your life? What are the needs that need to be fulfilled? And what do you need to do to continue this process of growth? Because as humans, we always change and change is the only constant in the world. So what do you need to adapt and continue to move forward and making sure that you're living a life that most suits you? Mm -hmm. That's great advice. I mean, I literally think we could spend hours talking. I'm really glad to have connected and met with you and know that you're in this area um, because there's plenty of things we could, we could talk longer about, but for today, we're going to, we are going to wrap some things up. (laughs) I will share all of your information and everything. I really hope people do check you out and, and even the concept and career, all of that stuff. I want people to start thinking Mm -hmm. about that because how cool I didn't think this stuff existed at all four years ago. And then recently I didn't think it existed anywhere besides big cities. So this is really cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and helping explain what you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It really means a lot. And it was a wonderful conversation. So yeah, absolutely. Thanks. We're probably going to talk for like another half hour after we stop this episode, but I'm going to go ahead and say, sorry, listeners, we're going to cut it short here and you don't get to find out till maybe later what we talk about, but Thanks for listening in. We've got one more episode and then season four is going to wrap up and I'm going to kind of put things on hold till after my surgery. I got to focus on me for a while and, uh, and I'm excited to do that. And so one more and then we'll, we'll get plenty of, there's like what 50 episodes for people to listen to and stuff. So I can take a break, but thanks again, Jamie. Thanks for joining. And thanks for listening listeners. This is Jason souls from allow me to translate. Thank you for listening to allow me to translate with Jason Souls. To learn more about this show, visit allowmetotranslate.com. That's A-L-L-O-W-M-E-T-O-T-R-A-N-S-L-A-T-E dot C-O-M. See you next week.